Hey, welcome into another episode of the Halos in the Infield podcast. I'm rolling solo today. This is your host, Todd Fox in the flesh. Um, we're going to get to, this is going to be a quicker show, obviously, because we don't have the banter in between the co-hosts. So Randy and Fernando couldn't make it today. So I'm like I said, I'm riding solo on this one. So bear with me. I'm going to get to uh, what we normally get to, some some little banter, a little off-topic stuff when it comes to the club itself and what I noticed during the week. Uh, we're going to review the series with Baltimore and then talk about the Ohio series coming up here uh, with a four-game series at home in Anaheim. We're going to preview that series after we get into what happened with Baltimore and the Angels in that first series over there in Anaheim because, uh, you know, Anaheim did not come out and play as good as we thought. Uh, we were talking about this earlier on the show, whether, uh, you know, what the Angels were going to do and uh, if they were going to possibly be in a better spot as far as uh, winning these ball games and having two out of three like we predicted, or at least like how I predicted, I thought the Angels would uh, be in a better spot. But unfortunately, it did not uh, did not go that way as the Angels uh, would take would lose two out of three at home to a team that, if you look at things and how they're stacked up, the Orioles have had a good start this season because of good young pitching in the starting uh, starting rotation. The bullpen has been their problem, except the back end has been all right. But the bullpen for the majority has not been all good. And the hitting has been very sporadic. They've had uh, little or no contributions from the back end of that lineup. It's it's mostly been the uh, top half of the lineup with Mullins and Mancini uh, leading the way for the Orioles. But for whatever reason, they got some timely hitting and some errors helped the Orioles get a W, and we're going to get into it now. After the Astros series and them playing really good small ball and taking advantages of the pitching matchups and things of that nature, they did not do the same thing against the Orioles in Game 1 on Friday, which we were there. Uh, the Orioles jumped out to a 2 nothing lead. Uh, then they uh, would, uh, you know, off of uh, Reed Detmers. Detmers was pulled early again to where he did not have enough. Uh, <clears throat> he he didn't, did not, in my opinion, I mean, pitch five innings, but could have gone a little bit longer. Two earned runs on three hits. Um, in this one, it was Archie Bradley that just uh, crapped the bed. Three runs on four hits uh, allowed in a third of an inning. Jimmy Herr got pitched good, Ortega, and then uh, Austin Warren did a good job in relief. But the hitting was terrible in this game. Shohei Otani 0 for 4, left a bunch of guys on base. Uh, Mike Trout uh, with a hit and an RBI in this game. Um, you know, Duffy, um, you know, came through with a couple of hits. Uh, Ward and the, uh, <clears throat> but the Angels stranded base runners like crazy. And uh, they would, you know, the, the Orioles took advantages of a, of a big air and won that game 5-3. to three. And the Angels took a loss and, and the Orioles get to save. In that game, I think the save was recorded by George Lopez in the in the close. So the Angels come out right away and lose that first game because going into the series, they were sitting there at uh, at eight and five, and you're thinking if they could win these three games at best, you're eleven and five out the gates in the first sixteen games. You're feeling good about yourself, but the fact that they couldn't handle that and they turn things over, they lose two out of three. The best they could do is go nine and seven. So they lost that first game five to three. Uh, the next game, and my impressions in that game is just Bradley could not find the plate. They weren't getting the calls, and uh, you know they left them in there too long. And then so on Saturday we went to this game as well, 
uh, the Orioles got two runs real early off of uh, the, the pitcher for the Angels, which was Thor. Only bad inning he had, really. And uh, and then Mike Trout follows it up with a solo shot. And then he hits another solo shot in the fifth inning. And it's Angels 2, Orioles uh, 2, or actually Mike Trout 2, and uh, the Orioles 2. Uh, in this game, Noah Syndergaard only went five and two-thirds, two runs on three hits and two walks, six strikeouts, his best strikeout performance uh, by far. He was only sitting there at 80 pitches, and stupid Madden takes out Noah Syndergaard too early to the point that when we saw he was one out away from a quality start, we saw him leave the mound, and him uttering the words is, why the fuck are you taking me out? I want to finish this freaking game. And, of course, you know, Joe Madden you know, says, no, he's got to take him out. He's like the master of the bullpen. In this game, again, uh, the Angels had uh, grabbed the lead on a Brandon Marsh two-run homer in the sixth inning. To make it, because uh, Aaron Loop actually qualified for the uh, for the vict- uh, victory because Brandon Marsh's home run in the bottom of the fifth made it four to two Angels. Uh, Loop would stay in there for a couple of batters, but then all of a sudden he started running into some trouble after a hit given up and an error. Um, there was two men on. Ryan Tapera came in and proceeded to go back to back walks, allowing uh, uh, two uh, two runs or one run to score. And then uh, with the bases loaded, he gave up a single. Which two runs scored, and that was the that those were the daggers in the game. It was five to four. So Tapera not finding the plate and uh, and just falling behind every hitter that he faced. He goes two thirds before uh, Mike Myers would come in and uh, pitch an inning, and then Iglesias would get the ninth. Uh, Otani went zero for four again with a walk, but Mike Trout had three hits, including he was the last out again left on base or last person left on base in the ninth inning back-to-back nights after collecting his third hit of the game. He had two home runs in this game, like I said earlier, but a couple guys dropped the ball. Jared Walsh was terrible. He was 0 for 4. Shohei Otani was 0 for 4 as well with a one walk. They were both terrible in this game, leaving a lot of guys on base. So the Angels would take that loss and to a Baltimore team who would collect their sixth win of the season right there, and they would go 6-9 and because obviously they came into this one at four and nine, and they picked up two straight wins in a row against the Angels at eight and seven. Um, this one was frustrating in a lot of ways because Rossiel Iglesias came up in mop-up duty to keep it close. He only threw 10 pitches. Keep that in mind. He threw just 10 pitches, nine of which were strikes, and he got three outs, and he looked really good. He didn't pitch the night before or the night before that. So... Madden's logic for game three with the Orioles and Angels was to rest Rossiel and Glacius. Why? Why would you rest a guy who's only pitched 10 pitches in the last three or four days? I have no idea. You gave him the day off. Now, when Sosha was here, yes, he mismanaged the bullpen at times, but not to this degree, not to this extent. But my feeling is with this is, You've had pitchers that, like when he had Frankie Rodriguez or Troy Percival, those guys would maybe pitch an 18-pitch save one night and a 25-pitch save maybe under duress the next night. Mike Sosha would sit them on the third night if they were needed. And no one complained whether they were needed or not. He'd rest them because he, you know, they threw about 40 pitches, right? That makes sense. But I never saw Sosha take Frankie Rodriguez and say, okay, well, you got to save the other night, or you came in and you pitched an inning 18 pitches or less, and we're going to sit you the next game. I thought that was the stupidest crap ever what what, um, 
Madden did with Inglesias. And it could have cost him yesterday. As the Angels would salvage one and force the Orioles to 6-10, and ten, they would pick up their ninth win, the Angels of the season, to go to 9-7. and seven. Now, this game should have been out of question in the first inning. It should have. This game started with just a cluster F of walks by the Orioles starting pitcher Ellis. Chris Ellis. Uh, he only pitched. He didn't even get an out. He gave up one hit, five earned runs, three walks. It was like a walking carousel. The Angels took a 2-0 lead off a a bases-loaded walk and a single to make it 2-0. And then Joe Adele comes up, who's filling in for Brandon Marsh, who had a stomach bug, like the sixth player to have the stomach bug this season. And Adele goes to right center field for a home run, grand slam. It's 6-0. You're thinking, cruise control the rest of the game. Now, as a fan, you're thinking cruise control. As a team... The Angels should have been thinking, let's get a couple more runs. Let's really put this game away, and then we could rest our starters. But it wouldn't go that way. Jose Suarez made a mistake and gave up a three-run homer, and all of a sudden it's a uh, it's a, it's a ball game again. It's 6-3. to three. However, Jose Suarez has been getting the raw uh, deal this entire time. He has not been able to reach the fifth inning. Madden will not allow him to. Now get this. His pitching line was 70 pitches total through four and a third before he departed the game with two runners on and one out. 53 of those 70 pitches were strikes. That's a pretty good strike-to-walk ratio. Yes, he had two walks prior in the game, one in that inning, but he had six strikeouts, and he only had four hits allowed. Let him get a decision. Let him at least try to pitch you out of a, a jam. Madden refused to do that. Madden said, no, you're going out. And he put Ortega in. And Ortega got out of the jam, pitched an inning and a third. Uh, He had two walks, two strikeouts, and a hit. But Aaron Loop would get charged with a run. Or or, uh, actually, Austin Warren would get charged. Well, Aaron Loop got charged with one run, two-thirds of an inning, his first uh, run officially allowed. And then Austin Warren would allow two... um, Two earned runs in this game uh, off a two-run homer in this game. So that would tie the game up at six in the seventh inning. So they got three runs in the seventh inning. Now the bottom of the seventh inning came, and the Angels were able to walk in a run, the game-winning run, after Ward walked, and it was seven to six. The Angels had so many guys on base. They left a total of, get this, 16 base runners on base. So they left 16 guys on base, and they scored seven. They could have scored like 15 in this game, but they couldn't get the clutch hit. Uh, they hit in the, uh, They took out Adele, who already had a grand slam earlier. Madden's like, I'm going with Duffy against the pitcher who was struggling, and Duffy grounds into a double play. There was a cluster F of problems in this game. Angels used six pitchers, so did the Orioles, 12 pitchers in total by both. Jimmy Herget pitches a perfect eighth inning. Now, Chase, I brought this up in the post-game show. He's part of our page, obviously. And Chase came out and told me in the, in the message group, like, I don't like Bradley coming in with inherited runners. He has like a two to three run, earn run average higher when inheriting base runners that aren't his. And he's got like a killer ERA with a clean inning to start with, right? Well, Archie Bradley comes in in the ninth inning because Madden knows this. But he starts Herget in the ninth inning for whatever reason. Now, keep in mind, 
after they had the lead, you should have gone to Inglacius. There was no need to give him the day off. So you're already playing with fire right there. Then you put Herget out there who goes 3-1 and one to a hitter. Then the hitter goes to right field with a single. And now it's a leadoff guy. Now I can understand if Herget's a lefty and you're facing a lefty to start the ninth inning and you want to go lefty-lefty, but Herget's a righty and the hitter was a righty. Why not Archie Bradley start against him the ninth inning? Instead, Archie Bradley's got to come in there in the ninth inning and get three tough outs, including a double play to end the game, when you could have just put him in there with nobody. So, again, another head-scratching move by our fearless leader, Joe Madden. It just was – it pissed me off. I mean, the win did not feel like a win. So now we had to turn the page. And we look ahead now to game one against Ohio, which I'm going to call them Ohio. I don't care what anybody says. Shane Bieber, who is an angel killer, a central killer, he's a great pitcher. You know, he's coming off an injury-plagued season. But so far this season, he's 1-0 with a 2.25 ERA and 16 strikeouts entering the game. My, uh, Michael Lorenzen had a tough start his last outing against Houston. He's got nine strikeouts coming in with a 4.02 ERA, and he's 1-1. One one. This is going to be a good matchup of two flamethrowers. Uh, Lorenzen doesn't really get the credit that he deserves as a good starting pitcher. Shane Bieber's got a lot of different pitches, and he's going to be clutch. you got to get him out of the game. Basically, this is the same MO, but a little bit different. Like, it's the same MO starting pitching-wise for Ohio. Get to their bullpen as quickly as you can. As quickly as you can. The longer you leave the starters out there, the more trouble you're going to have. And their hitting is not as bad as Baltimore's. The Cleveland team, I'm sorry, the Ohio team can hit. And the Ohio team can, can, can get guys on and they can hit the long ball. So we're going to have to really pitch good in this one. This one's going to be a toss-up. Again, I predicted a 5 out of 7. <laughs> and so far, I mean, they'd have to sweep uh ohio for me to, to to make that look good on my preview but that's what we're looking for today uh the monday night game where, where ohio plays uh the angels lorenzen bieber is the starting matchup then game two of the series uh is going to be uh a, a nice look tristan tristan mckenzie is a good pitcher and he pitched good last year he's got an 0-1 record but a 2-3-8 era and 11 strikeouts coming in this is another guy that gets into a groove, watch out. He's going to give you six easy. So this is a guy that you got to put guys on base. You can't take that stupid approach the Angels have been doing because our hitting coaches suck so bad in Jeremy Reed and, and Paul Sorrento. You really have to take the, the, the patient approach, take what they give you, go for the hits, and if there's a fat pitch left out over the plate, a mistake, then jump on it. But stop trying to swing for the fences, goddammit, because they'll lose this series. He's going up against Patrick Sandoval, 0-0 with a 0 ERA and 11 strikeouts in his first two starts. And I think he pitched four innings in his first start, and I think it was five or six in his second start. I want to say that. But uh, that's a good matchup right there. I predict that one's going to be really close. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping the Angels can pull that one out. But, that, again, that's going to be runs are at a premium in these first two games, it looks like. And then the second one, or third one, which will be Wednesday night's game, at the uh, at Anaheim Stadium will feature the starting uh, uh, matchup of Zach Plezak, who is one and one with a 1.53 ERA, 10 strikeouts. You notice that it's the same thing with Baltimore. Baltimore came in with two starters with zero ERAs and one with a 2.25 ERA. So right now, so far, we haven't seen anything over a two-point ERA 
And we've got Zach Plesak, 101, 1.53, 10 strikeouts. He pitched good against us last year. Against Shohei Otani, who's 1-2 and two with a 4-0 uh, ERA and 28 strikeouts. So he's got double the strikeouts most so far. He's going to be hard to hit in this one. I'm hoping that he could match up with Plesak because Plesak, again, did really good against us last season for Ohio. So that's Wednesday's starting um, matchup. And then on Thursday for the finale of the four-game series, this one, because uh, the first three were night games, I believe this one is a getaway day game. It is. It was a 4 o'clock game a little earlier. It's Cal Quantrill. So the last uh, police acts a second-generation pitcher. Quantrill is the second-generation pitcher right here. He's 1-0 with a 3.94 ERA. Highest ERA they'll see in the four-game set. He has six strikeouts entering. And then against Reed Detmers, who has a lot to prove. He had two bad starts to start out. Uh, he had his best start, which was his last start, five innings uh, pitched against Baltimore. You're going to look for him to bounce back. He's still got a high ERA, 6.57 ERA, 12 strikeouts. He's got to command the curveball along with the slider. I think his fastball is there, but that curveball sometimes hangs, and guys are able to bloop it out there into the outfield or get a hold of it. So he's got to be careful in this series. Again, the uh, the Ohio team is very aggressive, and he's got to watch their pitches. So the Angels are up against it. They're, this is not exactly an easy opponent. Angels are nine and seven entering versus Ohio. That is seven and nine coming in. So that is your preview for the Ohio series and the recap of Baltimore. Um, I'm calling for three out of four. I'm going to be super optimistic in this one. The Angels can take three out of four. I'm hoping their bats can wake up. Their pitching really has not been the problem at all this season. It's got to be the hitting that is not taking care of business. So let's hope that the Angels can get that W. And, uh, you know, they take three out of four. If they, you know, the homestand would be uh, they'd finish the homestand, I think, of one game over 500 because right now, currently, they're three and five this year at home. They have a winning record on the road. But if they were able to win three out of four, they break even. Or no, they, they go uh, one game over. And then also in the standings, they would finish uh, 12 and eight. Uh, leaving uh, headed for uh, the road trip. So with that being said, this has been a uh, Todd Fox uh, <laughs> podcast, but uh, this is Halos in the Infield. Please check, like, and subscribe. Give a five-star review, and hopefully you guys uh, will have other, other uh, co-hosts on here so we can have a back-and-forth banter and talk about other stuff going on around the league as well. All right, so for Todd Fox and the rest of the Halos in the Infield network, have a nice day, night, or whatever you're or wherever you're at.